0: Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori, and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life, in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help
1: people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists
0: just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your
1: eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on.
0: Here we go. All right. All right. Well, we're back and we are going to turn you on today. You know, when Angelique does that intro, we talk about the four hallways and health is so pivotal right now in all aspects of health. What we're, what we're seeing uh, is coming off of this pandemic and the last two years and we're seeing so much of our physical and emotional health is tied Uh, To What we've just been through and you know here at the turned on podcast we want to bring you experts and we want to bring you stuff that you can apply to your life right away and today I have a great guest this is a one of Angelique and my oldest friends we've known each other for geez I got to say it's got to be close to 15 to 20 years Uh, if I'm wrong on that it's it's close but um, his name is JT Tapias now JT is a fitness enthusiast he's a health coach he uh, does meal plans. And basically, I have to tell you, my first time I ever dove into uh, any type of competition, JT was there, and we were in Miami, and he has has a great set of genetics, but even better than that, he has a lifetime of health and fitness behind him. And the thing about him is, is he's results-driven, and I know that phrase gets thrown around a lot. I know every trainer... Every coach is results-driven. But, my friends, when you take a look at his before and afters of his clients and the people that come through his system, there's something different. And um, I have the highest amount of respect for him, like I said. And we're going to get to know him right now because his, his plan is called the Empty Your Bucket Plan. He's the creator of this. And without further ado, I'll bring him on. JT, it's been a long time, brother, but how are you?
1: David, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I, I, I didn't want to blow you up too much, but people will, people will see your stuff, and I think your work speaks for itself, both on your, you know, your own body uh, and then your body of work that you've done with your clients. So tell us a little bit about your, your turned on moment.
1: Yeah, so um, I do remember that competition, David. That was, uh, that was a while back, and we do know each other for about 15 plus years, which is crazy how, how quickly time has, has gone by. Um, I started off uh, you know always uh, very active as a kid um, uh, went through the minor divisions playing soccer, uh, made it into division one. Uh, my, my career ended at a, at a young age 24. Uh, at the age of 24 I went into the gym business uh, I owned and operated uh, gyms uh, personal training studios started my first one in South Tampa and um, yeah I, I've experienced a lot of success in, in, in that area uh, you know what I would think, most of uh, most people would consider someone to be successful, and I, I I I thought everything was great, everything was was going well, and then all of a sudden, um, the lights just turned off for me. Uh, I had a bottom of the barrel moment. I was uh I was in a relationship that I you know I thought I was going to marry this girl that quickly ended. Uh, my my life had just completely uh, turned upside down, and I didn't even know it. Um I was uh you know you know the saying that there. Every man has a God-shaped hole in his heart. And, and I certainly had that. Uh, I just didn't know that. I, was, I, I thought I was doing the, the normal thing. Uh, I had a lot of crutches uh, at that time. No one could ever tell because I was, I was working out. I was staying fit, but I was, you know, I was drinking massive amounts of alcohol on the weekends, drugs, uh, chasing women, chasing ch- shiny things. And uh, it literally, literally almost drove me into the grave and all this while I was, I I had a successful business uh, where I was, you know, preaching health and wellness, and yet I was being incredibly incongruent, living another lifestyle. And uh, like, you know, like I mentioned, it almost drove me to the grave. I I ended up with a uh, heart condition. I ended up at at Tampa General, hooked up to a bunch of machines with an atrial fibrillation and an uh, A-flutter, which came from, uh, you know, abusing alcohol and drugs. And once again, this was during the weekends. And no one could ever tell throughout the week that I was going through these things. But um, hit the bottom of the barrel. I uh, was pretty pretty much uh, done with life. Uh, my career, my soccer career ended. I started this fitness thing. Things were going well. That uh, sort of was a disaster as well. It blew up in my face. The girl I was dating uh, got up one day, left me three weeks later. She was with another guy. And I was devastated. And so um, I was writing a letter to my sister and I was, I was getting ready to check out. I was going to take my life. And uh, I, for a second, I just kind of took a deep breath and realized I was in a really, really bad place. Uh, Called a guy who I used to uh, bump into on the weekends in the elevator. I was on my way into the night to to get faded into the night. And this guy was coming back from church with a Bible under his his arm. And, you know, he was about my age, a good looking dude. He He was married to a beautiful wife. And I'm like, man, it was shocking to see how content and joyful because he genuinely looked joyful. And, uh, and he was ready to go to bed at eight, nine o'clock at night while I was, you know, just yeah. going out there to, 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 you know, to basically, uh, fade into the night. Yeah. Um, so this, this guy, you know, he was very bald, just very bold. He, he shared his faith with me. I told him he had to give me something else cause I didn't believe in God. And, uh, I remember he said with all this, Conviction in his heart, uh, he just said, "You know, man, God, God is all I have for you." And uh, I said, "Okay, I'm not sure what to do with that." He said, "What are you doing tonight?" I said, "Well, I was gonna gonna kill myself, but if you have better plans, <laughs> let's go do that." So uh, he invited me to church, and uh, I, I grew up in a Catholic environment where, uh, you know, uh, churches and places like that were very very pious places where you had to be quiet and sort of tippy toe your way in and. You know, I showed up to this incredible place, modern building, and I saw two things I loved: Starbucks and pretty women. And I'm like, got it. I'm like, all right, this is what people are talking about. This is the Jesus that people keep talking about. And I walked in and uh, sat there, and uh, that day they preached uh, on the book of Job, the Old Testament book of Job, and it just hit me like a lightning bolt. Um, uh, after the service went up, they prayed for me. I- I'm not sure what the man said, uh, but I do know that when I walked out of that church that day, I felt like a 3,000 pound gorilla had come off my shoulders. And uh, slowly but surely, I, I started to drop all those vices, uh, sold my gym for 25K, which was a gift to the person I sold it to because just one piece of equipment I had at the gym was 25K. I sold my book of clients, sold everything because I wanted to find out what was this thing that had happened to me that night. I wanted my, you know, people kept saying, you know, you just got to have faith, but my mind was asking me for, for rational. Uh, answers And so um, I sold the gym for 25K, took a two-year sabbatical where I was fasting, praying, studying the scriptures. And, and once again, my mind required some, some rationality behind all this. So looked at extra biblical texts like the Book of Josephus, who's a Jewish historian. I yeah. wanted to know that Jesus was a real guy. So yeah. that's what I did. I, I, uh, <laughs> that, that, was my, that was my light bulb moment where I said something needs to change. And uh, two years, desert time, uh, where I was just praying, asking for a wife, asking for God to transform my heart, my mind. God answered my prayers. He gave me a wife. We met, dated for four months, uh, got married <laughs> after four months of dating. Uh, we started Fit Method 413, which was a gym that was meant to be a lighthouse for for Christ. And uh, our running joke there was that we would lead more people to the Lord doing squats and lunges than most churches any Sunday. Amen. And we ran that for... Yeah, we ran that for seven years. Uh, It was amazing. It was an amazing run. We sold our last gym about nine months ago. And uh, we started what was first at the gym as a differentiator, uh, which was our nutrition. We believe 90% of your success at the gym is going to come through proper nutrition. So we started the Empty Your Bucket Nutrition Plan. And, uh, you know, we've been doing that two years now. Uh, We're in seven different continents. We have 36 coaches. uh, And it's amazing. So Wow. with that we have an, yeah, with that we have another vertical which is uh, uh, where we train our coaches or independent contractors but we have a licensing product where they get to utilize our methodologies and all our marketing and, and so we support them for an entire year uh, but it's a licensing product so we have 36 of those guys out there running uh, you know really sharing their, their passion for fitness and their passion for Christ uh, you know uh, and, and uh, congruently making a profit and, uh, and, and, and impacting people because our, our main goal is to utilize fitness and proper nutrition as a platform uh, to share the gospel. Wow.
0: Well, let's let's. There's so much of your story here that uh, parallels mine. You know, I mean, I, and I'm talking about everything. You know, with just lost and 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 for people out there listening, your physical body and your spiritual body. You know, God wants to take care of both of those. We're meant to steward them, just like we're meant to steward our, our money. You know, and nowhere it's funny because in the book uh, that I just finished, uh, I mention a lot about Josephus because I was just like you. I'm like, I need to know that this is real, though. It sounds mm-hmm. great, but I need to know that there's there's substantiating facts behind this. And that's what one of uh, the things that Josephus does. He was a a bib, not a, uh, a biblical scholar. He was a historian outside right. of the disciples, outside of the church, who mm-hmm. corroborates a lot of what was happening. Um, much like any historian would nowadays. What we need to talk about here and get right into this is because this is a vital time. Two years ago, people were rocking and rolling, and all of a sudden, what happens is we see depression. We see eating disorders. Both um, alcohol is on the rise. Alcoholism. What we see is people are manifesting different types of things in their lives because of the stress. And when you could take God and you can take a system where you learn how to eat right, all of a sudden we have something that, that right. is tangible right here that we're about to talk to you about. So let's right. have a hypothetical conversation, JT. Mm-hmm. A person comes to you right now, They're like, man, I'm, I just been drinking a lot the last two years because of what's going on with COVID. Right. You know what? I've been right. doing a lot of eating too. I've been eating, you know, to satisfy myself because I'm bored we were locked indoors I've gained 20 or 30 pounds where do you start
1: with that yeah yeah so what you mentioned is is interesting because uh what we're starting to see is is people's crutches and and, you know those things that we lean on a crutch I I consider a crutch anything that that we have to lean on in order to do life uh quote unquote in a normal way call it drugs call it alcohol call it food those, those those sort of things and you know One of my favorite theologians uh john calvin says that you know um the human heart is a factory of idols right and so we're constantly seeking things to hang on to things to 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 get through life right where we should be really uh you know focusing our attention and 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 bringing glory to god and through those things we find joy and so what we're seeing with this pandemic is that the world shut down and so people the things that people were doing outside they couldn't do anymore and so. On top of that the stress builds up and and if, and if you're not directing that stress and those anxieties and those fears towards God then you're, you're finding something else in the world and that that we've seen that exponentially in, in, you know since COVID started and so you know first and foremost you know I like to to talk about tangible things because not every person that I speak to is a person of, of faith and so they'll look at me and they'll say okay well I don't know that sounds great but I don't know that that's necessarily for me Where do I start? Right. And so, you know, um, the, the most tangible thing I know to do to get well right away is two things. Number one is activate your physiology. Right. Which which can come in many different forms. It doesn't have to be the gym. You know, the most tangible way is to go out and start walking. Right. Uh, something that simple is so powerful uh, for the immune system, for the cognitive, your, your cognitive process, processes, etc. Uh, but with that, that motion, you know, the, the saying that motion creates emotion, uh, you know, we start feeding our body the, the, the dense nutrients that we need so that then our mind will light up, right? Um, the Apostle Paul says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we understand that the mind is a powerful place and, a, and, a, and sort of a, the inception of other things that can, can start uh, happening in your life. And so, motion. And then, of course, bringing the right nutrients in and, of course, shifting your mindset, which comes as a byproduct of that movement and those nutrients coming in. And so around that, we build plans, right? We don't, uh, by the way, when people come on our program, uh, not because we're apologetic about it, simply because we, you know, people come to us for very specific things. We give them that. Uh, But work into our processes is, you know, all those things, mind, body, spirit, everything is connected. and so. Um, that that's the first place to start. You know, um, the you know I, I believe we're composed of three parts. Uh, we have a body which we all live through. We have a soulish realm which often gets confused with the spirit. But the soulish realm, is your soulish realm is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then you have the spirit. Not everyone lives in the spirit. So everyone lives in the body and the soul, but not everyone lives in the spirit. Because in order to live in the spirit, you have to be quickened by the spirit of God. And so. With that, you know, you activate those two, right? And and if uh, and then you start heading in the direction of trying to figure out what those things mean for you, because everyone's on a different journey, right?
0: Yeah. So the question then becomes if if we're sitting here because so much of it is, I call it, it's like a tsunami, right? Mm-hmm. When you are. And you're sedentary, and the world was going in a sedentary direction anyway because we're working more off off our computers. And and when we look back at uh, like the Book of Acts, right, and you're you're looking Mm -hmm. at people traveling and walking for days sometimes to get where they needed to be, Um, they didn't have the luxury of going into a a grocery store and saying, "Well, let me take the bread and let (laughs) me take you know this fried food." It was basically it was fish and it was bread. Um, There Mm -hmm. were some other things, you know, berries. You, it was a largely Mediterranean diet if you look at where. Um, where the apostles and everybody were. And you mentioned Paul, where he went to, you know, he's in Greece and he's in Turkey. And you're looking mm-hmm. at a Mediterranean diet of um, cheeses, berries, figs, um, fish, certainly, you know, uh, things like that. So specifically with the diet, because I look back just on, you know, 50 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, and if you look at TV and popular culture, you'll notice, guys, that the body styles have changed. And you got to right. ask yourself, you know, back in the 50s, I I was watching movies with my daughter, like Aubrey Hepburn, Audrey Hepburn movies, and we were watching a lot of Gene Kelly. You know, Gene Kelly's a dancer. He had a dancer's body. Aud- Audrey Hepburn was a dancer. But their right. body composition has changed. And it's not just the main actors. It was everybody. And what we see now is big people and, and mm-hmm. can you speak to that? Have we changed? Is it the foods? A lot of people say it's what we're putting in our foods, the additives, the hormones the things like that. Do you have any knowledge about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, so you, you can look at that in a couple of different ways, right? If, if you look back and you look at, I, I mean, even, even in the soccer world, you look at Maradona, who was one of the best soccer players ever to, to play the game. And you put that guy beside, you know, um, you know, uh, CR7, Cristiano Ronaldo, and they look radically different, right? And so you can make an argument for, you know, people are actually healthier today than they were back then, they're more, you know, uh, cognizant of food and and exercise. Now those are elite athletes, but even with, um, you know, general population, which is what we're talking about here. A couple of things, here are the theories that um, our food has a ton of chemicals, and because of that, we're gaining weight. I, I think to an extent that's true. I, I, we just lived in Columbia, South America for 11 months. Um, didn't change anything. I mean, I eat pretty clean. My wife, you know, our family eats pretty clean. But we didn't change much of anything. I got way leaner out there, which goes to show that, you know, foods are definitely processed differently. Um, yeah, you know, everything out there is organic. and So, you know, for, for your vegan and vegetarian audience, cover your ears right now. But the, the steak that you're having, Tonight for dinner, that was a cow that was running around that early that morning in Columbia, right? Uh, whereas here, you know, that, you know, that cow was probably slaughtered two or three years and it's been in a freezer ever since. And so with that comes preservatives and all the different things that, you know, we can make an argument for that. This is why people are gaining weight. If you ask me where the true issue is, where the challenge is, it's in portions, right? I often say that most people look at weight loss as a, as a mystical event. You hear things such as "I'm big bone," uh, "My dad and my mom were obese, therefore I'm destined to be obese." I'm from the Midwest. I'm from you know. You hear all of these these myths. Yeah. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, it's a mathematical equation. We work with three we, we work with three dynamics inside of weight loss: calorie deficit, meaning you you burn more calories than you bring in; calorie balance, meaning you bring sufficient calories to maintain a balance in your weight; and calorie surplus. This is when you actually you know when you gain weight, right? And so. It, the portions here are out of control, right? And, and that's where I think uh, most Americans go wrong. And not just with solid food, but then you look at Starbucks. I mean, look at all the, the you know, matcha latte yada yada yeah, <laughs> that yeah. they sell at, at Starbucks. I mean, you're looking at four, five, 600 uh, calories. Those are empty calories that you can sit down in a matter of seconds, and people don't even realize that. And, and to top that off, you know, when you're, you're consuming liquid calories, it has a very different impact than solid calories. Solid cal- calories, your body has to deploy a bunch of digestive enzymes, and it makes you feel satiated longer. But the liquid calories, which you know are in sodas or all the all the uh, wine, all <laughs> wine, <laughs> alcohol, all those empty calories go down pretty quickly, and they don't keep you full. So next thing you know you have one of these, you know, chai lattes at Starbucks, and an hour and a half later, you're hungry again, because you spike a bunch, a bunch of insulin. And now, and now, you know, you have that peak, you have that trough, when you when you hit that trough, you get hungry again, now you got to consume calories again. And guess what, you just you just, you just basically you, you peak your insulin, you you secrete a bunch of, of insulin, your body's going to want more and more and more. And then we go into the addiction, sir. you know, because, This is something that most diets don't look at. Keto, Atkins, South Beach, macro counting, calorie counting simply looks at calories in, calories out, but they never look at dieting from the perspective of addiction. When we eat high-insulogenic foods like bread, rice, pasta, uh, legumes in the forms of beans, lentils, garbanzos, almonds, seeds, nuts, all those things spike a significant amount of insulin and make us insulin dependent. In other words, we, our bodies become start running on glucose yep. instead of running on fat, right? And we should be running on fat, not on glucose.
0: So that's a good point because, you know, there's so much science. And when you're younger and your metabolism is fired up, you know, and I think everybody's now, we you start to get to a certain point where you're like, hey, you know what, I'm working twice as hard uh, I mean, than, I ha- than I used to have. I used to a couple of years ago and we have to be cognizant of that and just say, Well, okay, that's part of it. But mm-hmm. what you're talking about is I love the fact that we're talking about calories from liquids because like you said, what's in a Starbucks drink, what is in a an average glass of red wine, and these are these are empty calories and people don't see them as calories because it's not a bag of chips or, or a piece of cake. Right. Um if right. you're if you were saying to somebody right now, Hey, you know what? I need to get momentum because I feel like so much of it is getting started. I feel like so many people say, well, you know, I'll start it tomorrow or I'll start it the next day because I'm just not ready to put that kind of effort into it. And from what I hear you saying is it's not so much about the effort as it is about being smart and, and just doing it and starting to get that momentum. So talk about how to get momentum on your side.
1: Yeah. So we, uh, you know, we we look at three types of, of clients. We have level one, two and three. So level one is general population. Level two is people that have a baseline knowledge and level three are, are you know elite athletes and, 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 and that sort of thing. People that are actually used to dieting and counting macros and weighing food and stuff like that. We work mostly with general population because you know, level two and level three, the people that have the baseline knowledge and the experts, you know, we feel like for the most part, they, they, you know, when they come on to programs like this, they're looking to either compete and that sort of thing. So our mission really is to take a couch potato and make them into a super potato. So this is, this is what we do, right? This is what people are asking us. Hey, I, I have never exercised or I've never done a diet before. I, you know, I don't know the difference between, you know, a, a, you know, my my fat, my, my, my proteins and my carbohydrates. I don't know. And so we're educating these people. And, you know, the cool thing about being inside of a program, like the programs that we put together is that it from a psychological uh, standpoint, it it works really well because you're giving people the structure. Um, We have a a dynamic called hyper accountability because let's face it, we all know what to do. We just need someone to remind us of our commitments. And so, you know, we're, we're, we keep people hyper accountable Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, we're, we're, we're communicating with them, making sure that they're, they're doing everything that they committed to uh, Saturday. We send them diagnostic questions. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot of, you know, we're basically holding people by the hand. We're showing them these things and we're making it super simple because the brain doesn't like com- complexity, mm-hmm. right? Anytime the brain can save energy, it's going to love it. So we've made things super simple in, the, in, in a way where our clients don't have to count macros and calories and points and do all those things. We have very easy, but yet very sustainable and powerful things that they can do for the rest of their life. So, you know, we ran our program by two filters, which is basically sustainability and, and ease. And then in that, uh, that momentum is built um, with that coach holding you by the hand and, and creating a plan and saying, okay, hey, it's Monday. Are your meals ready? Are your alarms set? Is your mindset in, in place? right? Is everything ready? Is there anything we need to chat about, right? This usually goes as mm-hmm. a text that's yeah. sent out as a text. And then we're, we're following up with these people. We're creating alarms. We're creating visual cues for them. Visual cues are simply things that they can set up around their house that reminds them of what they're doing. I like uh, that. We're teaching them how to meal prep, right? Um, I mean, we're just basically giving them everything to be successful and then we're keeping them hyper accountable to, okay. to, to those things. And so momentum starts from that, right? A coach is there walking with you, holding you by the hand.
0: Okay. Um, you know, you mentioned the mind and, and I know a big part of our intro was discussing the spiritual aspect, you know, the mind, body, and spirit. We hear about that a lot and we hear about the mind, body, and spirit. And and oftentimes the spirit is, they want to leave out the God and they'll bring in a counterfeit for that. And we don't have to get too much into that because my whole book is on that. We can go, JT, you and I can go for forever on that. I want to talk about the the mind connection from food, and I feel like a lot of people, this is this might be too much, but there's been this thing called COVID brain, where people feel like their their brain is a little bit slower, or they're having uh, psychological issues recovering and getting out of, again, we'll call it for lack of a better term, a funk. But talk about what, what different foods do to the brain, because I feel like if we can produce more, and if we are here as temples of the Holy Spirit... And if we can produce more with our minds and our body working together, because I know our big thing was we would go to church and we would see people sometimes morbidly obese. And these were good people that they were full of the Holy Spirit, you know? And we're like, why can't we get all of it right? And I know that's painted with a broad brush, but when when our pastor said something one day, and I think, you know, it was very bold. He says, God didn't put you here on this earth and give you all of the gifts and skills that he gave you for you to go below it basically and, and lead yourself to an early grave because you couldn't steward your body. He's like, that's you're not stewarding the gift, right? Because people will tend to look at that separately and be like, well, I'm, you know, I go to church and I pray and I'm a good person. Okay. But what are you doing with the temple that God gave you? So talk about mind, body, and and then um, what foods maybe we can eat that can help us be more uh, cognitive.
1: Sure. Sure. So, this is I mean in my book, I speak about this as well you know first corinthians 6.19, nineteen we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. It is a biblical command to be healthy and to steward our bodies, and we are a vessel for that right we, we we should honor that uh you know that part of 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 our spirituality that is a biblical command and so you know i think I honestly think that from 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 the mind standpoint, <clears throat> a lot of it is um you know the foods that we eat definitely definitely Play out in how we do life. So let me explain. If if your if your diet is high in carbohydrates, in other words, if you are running mostly on glucose, man, that alone is putting your your your, your, your brain in a fog, right? Uh, my mentor, uh, Doctor Fullmutter at Ro- uh, Grain Brain, you know, makes a a pretty, uh, a pretty elaborate argument about the fact that most cognitive diseases come from high glucose diets right so eating the the, the rice and the, the pastas and the breads and the things of that nature are uh you know this is basically putting a hole literally putting a hole in people's brain when you look at a brain of a person that's 50 60 years old that has consumed mostly carbohydrates throughout their entire life and in massive amounts I, when i say massive amounts I'm, I'm i'm not talking about you know the person that's uh, you know, sitting down and eating pasta uh, all day long. I'm talking about the, the basic diet, the, the basic American diet, which has carbohydrates at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It has actually had its holes in it, right? Versus a person that actually has a, a, a diet that's based more on healthy fats. So your butters, your oils, uh, olive oil, coconut oil, avocados, nuts, seeds, almonds, things of that nature. That brain looks radically, radically different. But more importantly, and to answer your question, when you see the lives of these people and what they're able to produce in the form of, 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 uh, you know, just what they've been able to do with their lives. When you see people that they're, you know, their bodies are running on mostly fat, they're super efficient. they are people that, you know, they're sleeping well and because they're sleeping well, their nervous system is firing off the way it should cognitive processes. Mental acuity is there. Uh, you know, uh, retention is there. Uh, it's some of these people that are, that, that are, you know, you, you mentioned the Mediterranean diet, people in the Mediterranean, um, Alzheimer's is at an a, a all-time low in, 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 in these countries because of their diets, whereas here in America, we see morbid obesity and, and, and I mean, a rise in cognitive disease, and, it, and it's based around the diet, right? And so the ideal thing to do is switch fuel systems. Instead of burning glucose, you should be burning fat. And in order to do that, you need to purge from those things for, for a while. And so inside of our process, that's one of the big, big principles we have. It's we, we, we believe that no food is bad, right? We simply believe that we cut out certain foods to cut the addiction cycle. And then when we say to people, hey, you're now in phase, we have three phases. So we say you're in phase two and three. You can bring carbohydrates back into your diet with these guidelines. I can tell you that nine out of 10 people say, hey, I feel bloated and I don't like the way I feel when I eat those things. That's because the body has... Uh, detox and it no longer needs the glucose it prefers to run on on fat
0: how long does that take is there is there a certain time frame
1: yeah 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 absolutely so it it takes it takes between six to eight weeks if you do it correctly um and 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 so this is we're not talking ab- about ketosis uh you don't need to go into a ketosis in order to do this because you're still eating fibrous carbs meaning your your, your salads your vegetables and so um six to eight weeks really to get out of that uh, the addiction, that addiction cycle. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's, that's the question because I, I am a carb lover and I just, I just had bread. It was sunny. I was, yeah. I, was, I, was I was looking this morning. There was a, a, an ad on Amazon for some lady and she's hugging a pillow. It's like a body pillow and it's a baguette. It's, it looks like a baguette <laughs> of bread and I'm like, this is me. Um, and I'm, and I know right. it's not good. and, if you if you'd ask me, I'm one of those people. If you put a, a chocolate cake in front of me and you put a, uh you know some bread there, I'm gonna go with the bread every time. And I need to right. break myself of this because I do feel sluggish, and my mind, uh, my body feels sluggish, my mind feels sluggish, and mm-hmm. I I don't want to go into a keto diet. So explain the difference because you just said it's not ketosis, and I think right. that was my next question because it sounds like keto, but it differs a little bit. I think you just covered that, but reiterate it.
1: Yeah, so we have three phases. We have a phase where we basically cut out all starchy carbohydrates, uh, breads, pastas, anything that is starchy, and we replace that for a fibrous carb, which is your, your your green leafy veggies, what we call phytonutrients. And then we, we give you your, your correct portion of fat and your correct portion of protein. So your macros are balanced out, but we're cutting all the high-ancylogenic foods for six to eight weeks. It's not sequential, meaning that for everyone, it's not six weeks or eight weeks. It's circumstantial, depending on how quickly and how, how, uh, how quickly people are responding to the diet. But let's just say, generally speaking, six to eight weeks, then we transition into a phase two where we carb cycle. And so we manipulate carbohydrates in a way where you eat the carb only when you need them, right? And so uh for example monday wednesday friday you cut out all the the starches but then tuesday thursday and Saturdays, you're bringing them in for breakfast or for lunch nothing past 2 p.m because of those circadian rhythms i can go into that but that's a long yeah uh you know that's a long conversation but the bottom line is uh your your body goes through a whole shutdown process uh from the moment it wakes up till the sun goes down so that you can sleep for seven eight hours so your metabolism is way slower at night than it is in the morning or even in the early afternoon. So we, we switch out those, those clocks, we do carb cycling, and then in phase three, we now reincorporate starches. Here's the thing, we don't like to tell people never do this and never do that, because that's what most diets do. So we don't consider ourselves a fad diet, we give you the option to eat those carbs at a time where it's not going to affect you, but the vast majority of people that come through a program that do incredibly well, well, which is eight out of 10 people that come through a program do amazing, you know, really live between a phase one and a phase two. And, and that's my case. That's, that's where I am. Uh, and then, and then you get to practice in 80, 20 on the weekends, I loosen up, you know, um, I have two little girls. So, you know, for me, it's very important that, that they see a very healthy idea around food. And so I sit, I eat pizza with them and I enjoy, and we go, and we go to restaurants and I, indulge, but I can do that because 80% of my diet is, you know, 80% of the time I'm following the protocols and then 20% of the time I, I get it. to goof off.
0: Yeah. 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 You, and, and I love it. Cause I, I know what it's like. Cause kids, they revolve around chicken and uh, chicken nuggets and pizza. So I got to indulge in that. Yeah. So there's two questions I have. I have about 10 minutes left. You have sure. two questions. Uh, the first is gluten. Uh, what that does, mm-hmm. what are your feelings on that? And the second are. Um, you mentioned vegetables, so I'm not a big vegetable eater. How do you feel about green supplements or supplementation in general, but specifically, um, for greens?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, here, here, here's free advertisement for, a, a, a specific brand that, 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 you know, I don't, I don't get any kickback from, but I think it's amazing is green vibrance. I'm a big fan of green vibrance. Um, it's pricey, um, but it's worth the money and it's, it, it's worth, it's, it's worth it because if you don't like to eat greens, then you can do that. Now, here's, here's the thing. And, and if I've gotten two-year-olds to eat this consistently every single day, I actually sat with her, my daughter, my two-year-old at lunch today, and I gave her, I, I fed her a, a soup that has over seven different leafy green vegetables. It has chicken in it, and it also had uh, uh, egg whites, okay? And I gave it to her as a soup, and she loved it. It tastes amazing. She's getting all her vegetables, all her proteins, all her fats in there, and it's very easy to eat. Most people don't like to chew on vegetables, and so, um, you know, getting those liquid is probably the, the, the next best thing.
0: Okay, good. I like that. Okay, and gluten. Yep. What are your feelings? Uh, Angelique is, has a lot of food allergies, uh, so yep. she's been gluten-free, and by proxy, uh, I'm kind of gluten-free too. Um, what are your feelings around that?
1: Yeah, so I mean, glu- I mean, most people are gluten uh, are, are are allergic to gluten. I mean, they are gluten sensitive. Um, uh, as, you know, Doctor Pullmutter, my my mentor, he says, uh, you know, assume assume that you are uh, sensitive to gluten because we all are. And so, um, part of that is, is cutting out uh, you know foods that, that have gluten, and you're going to feel amazing because your 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 body is if, if you're sensitive to gluten, which most likely everyone is you're going to have tons of inflammation in your gut. Your digestive system is not going to be right. It's going to mess with your sleep patterns. You're going to feel more stressed. You're going to feel more on edge. And so take, I mean, what I would recommend is take gluten out of your diet for 10 days and see how you feel. I mean, most people feel incredible.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big one. And, uh, you know, there's a lot more healthy options when you go out in terms of people eating out and their gluten-free menus. Okay, so I do have time for one more question. And this uh, is biblical and it's... Also has a lot to do with with eating and weight loss, fasting.
1: Mm-hmm. What are
0: your thoughts around fasting? Is it good to fast? If so, how long should you fast? And then you know the spiritual component as well.
1: Yeah. So um, you know you, you you hear you hear the uh, you hear the whole thing about intermittent fasting. It's a big thing now. It's a big fad right now. Most people are, are most people that are intermittent fasting don't know how to intermittent fast. If you ask me from a physical standpoint, and then I'll go into the spiritual, from a physical standpoint, the biggest, the, the, the biggest reward from fasting is letting your digestive system rest. 70% of your digestive system is taxed by digestion. So therefore your body, you're always eating, you're never letting that system rest. And therefore, you know, you're tired, uh, you know, you're, you're not, you're going to age a lot faster and that sort of thing. And so it you know one of the things I would say is that um, fasting is mostly to let your digestive system rest, right? That that is the main that is the main thing. Um, the other side of it is when you're actually fasting and you're letting your digestive system rest. Now your body can go and heal other uh, parts of your body where you have injuries. Call it you know uh, ligaments. Call it uh, cognitive processes. So now it takes that energy. The body is very smart, and it and it actually channels that energy into areas that that need healing. And so from that perspective, it's incredible. And then for from a weight loss standpoint, if you're looking to fast for weight loss, the most important thing about intermittent fasting is not the fast anyone can stop eating. It's what you eat after you break the fast. In other words, that eating window needs to you need to be very cautious on how you come back from that fast and what you actually eat. And if you do that, well, then then you will see weight loss uh, advantages to fasting. So I love doing it. um, It's not something I I do every day because the body gets accustomed to just like anything else. And and so, you know, shocking the body from time to time and doing a 16-8, 16 hours of fasting, eight hour, eight hour window of eating is one of the most popular um, protocols out there. If you're just starting, I would just say if you start eating breakfast at 8am, you know, push it out till nine and then the next week till 10. And then finally you can get to that 16 hour. That's kind of the sweet spot. Um, 22 hour fast is, is more for, for, uh, uh, you know, for more experienced people that have been doing it for a while. You got to be careful, obviously, and, and, you know, consult with your physician if you're going to do something like that, because that's pretty taxing on the body as well. Hydration has to be on point. You can still drink coffee and tea, which don't break the fast. And so a lot of great things there. We, we use that protocol inside of our program as well as, as a, as a sprint, uh, strategy from a spiritual perspective, you know, Depending on what camp you're in, right you know Christianity has a lot of different camps I, am, I I'm more conservative in that area and and so I know there is a spiritual big spiritual component the bible doesn't doesn't ask or, or say if you fast it says when you fast yeah. you know and so uh, you know it is a biblical command to do that I think honestly, looking at it rationally and I, I always like to look at tangible. One of the most tangible things that you can do from a spiritual fast or that a spiritual fast does before you is the ability to say no, right? Food is very important to us. There's a lot of emotional anchors. There's a lot of, uh, there's a big pull uh, with food. And when you say no to something so essential, right, you start to train yourself in discipline and self-control, which is a big component of the Christian life, right? Um, uh, being able to say no to the flesh is very powerful. And so from that perspective, I think, you know, that it's incredibly useful from a spiritual perspective. What happens behind the curtain that, you know, I know uh, I, I've personally experienced uh, prayer and fasting and I've seen the power of that, how it all works from from, from that back of the curtain thing. That's that's for uh, that's for the big guy up there. But, uh, you know, um, I'm definitely a, a believer in it, um, you know, reserving some time to pray, to focus, to meditate on scripture um, and to get away from that thing that is so uh, you know, we we pull so much. Food is is such a uh, incredible force, and so getting away from that and depending on God is is you know creates incredible spiritual fortitude.
0: Amen. I love it. You know, Sir. there's so much here. What I would like to do, I would like to invite our our listeners now. I would like to invite JT back at another time. But what I would like to do is for the people that have listened to this episode, I'd love for you guys to. Uh, you know, give us some questions, give us, I would love to have another just Q&A session with you, JT, where we can answer some of the questions that you've, you dove into here because there's so much that we touched on and there's so much more that we could go into, but I want to know from our listeners what you liked, what part about uh, this conversation do you want to know more about? Do you have any specific questions? So would you be willing to come back and do a Q and a with us?
1: Of course, man. Awesome. 100%.
0: Awesome. And, and then what I would like you to do is let people know where they can find you. Uh, you said you have a book out, um, and I know you have yeah. your program. Where can they contact you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that interesting uh, <laughs> name we gave our program. Um, so our program is the Empty Your Bucket Plan, uh, just the way it sounds, Empty Your Bucket Plan. Uh, if you go on Amazon, it's the Empty Your Bucket uh, Nutrition Plan. Um, and then uh, EmptyYourBucketPlan.com, uh, you have all our contact information on there. Uh, I'm Big on social media, so there's a ton of stuff out there on Instagram. Uh, so empty your bucket plan on social me- on uh, Instagram, and then on my personal page, I, I'm constantly posting all you know all the different things about nutrition, about lifestyle, about habit training. Huge, huge on coaching habits. I believe that that is that is the that is the the key to all the things that you ever want to bring to fruition are are in habits and how you create those habits and how you create a that or, or visuals around your, your, your life and your house that remind you of, of what it is you're doing. Call it nutrition. Call it your goals. Call, call it the thing that you're looking to do. I like to say the things that you want to do, you want to make very visible and the things you don't want to do, you want to make very invisible.
0: Excellent. Amen. You know what? I'm going to try it. Angelique and I, this is our seventh different Airbnb since December. So we have two months. uh, We're moving this week, and we have two months that we'll be in the same spot. And I need to break myself of some of the carb cycles and some of these things, and uh, I'm going to be looking into it. I'm going to have you back. We're going to have some Q&A, guys. It's turnedon.com. You can find Angelique and myself on there, and you can respond to us with what your questions are for JT. We'll have him on in a couple, uh, a couple weeks from now, and we'll deep dive into that. JT Tapias, I want to thank you for your time. My friends, it's time to get our bodies turned on. It's time to get our spirits turned on. And by doing that, we get the world turned on. Until next time. Thank you, JT.
1: Thank you, Dave.